What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode 65 of the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. This is an NFL Wednesday, a little bit more of an NFL therapy session. We had Will on to talk about the Cowboys. Didn't cry, guys. There was no tears shed, but he got close. I saw him getting a little choked up. Um, So we jumped in and talked about the Cowboys and the rest of the NFC first, then the AFC. Talked about a few more head coaching moves that are to be made. We went back over our picks, which I did not do too well on this week, but that's fine. As CEO, I'll come right back. And then we made our previews for next week. So we'll be back hopefully on Monday, depending on the weather, with a Monday rundown. Maybe Manny Machado will be in print stripes. Enjoy this podcast, guys, and we will talk to you soon. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sorry to Interrupt. It's a NFL Wednesday. We have our guest, our resident cowboy guest, Will Smith, not from Philly, back with us. Gentlemen, how we doing? I'm doing all right. Good I st- could be better. Yeah. Could be better. Could you? Okay. I wonder why that is. Um, as a matter of fact, what better place than to start with Will's Dallas Cowboys? If we're going to have him on, we might as start with that. Well... The Los Angeles Rams took the divisional playoff game at home against the Dallas Cowboys, 30-22. to That was one of my correct picks, as we'll get into that later. 30-22, to Goff rushing for a key first down to clinch the game late. Will, I'm going to send this on over to you. Take away from your boys as they exit the playoffs yet again. You sounded a little too happy. When you, uh, I'm happy. That. You, know, you, that. you know I'm a Giants fan. Uh, I do know that. Okay. I was extremely happy. Yeah. All right. Oh, fuck both of you. Um, Go ahead, boy. So, the game, you know, I, was what I expected. With Linehan calling plays, it was just, it was terrible. It was terrible. Offensive play calling was bad. Defense was non-existent. Stopped the, the number three team in the league this year against the run. And then you let C.J. Anderson run for 200 yards. C.J. Anderson. Fat. He's fat. This was his third game with the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, he came aboard after being cut from the Oakland Raiders, and honestly, he's been resurgent. He had a great game against the Cardinals, great game against the 49ers, and he carried that on into this postseason game. He looked rejuvenated, and honestly, given the break from Gurley, he he was the bell cow. He, he took control of this game. Um from beginning to end, and honestly, man, the Cowboys have been the best run-stopping team, one of them really since week nine, and they just couldn't get it done. I I don't know whether it was McVay's offense. They did change it up a lot. Goff passed well enough to, to mirage kind of that running game, and the offensive line did its job, but you mentioned Linehan, not Garrett, what did you see out of the play calling that really turned you off and knew from where was the point in the game? Rather, I'll, I'll rephrase it this way: What was the point of the game where you knew, okay, we're kind of in trouble here? It was probably after we scored that touchdown really easily on a few great play calls, and I said, okay, maybe we got a shot at this. We got a shot at this. Then we saw that you know they go back down twice. We hold them to two field goals. Then we get back down the field, and their corners are playing ten yards off Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup, 
and you still run the ball to a stack box right up the middle. And not once did you run a read option with Dak Prescott. Not once. That was terrible. I mean, everything was working out. The read option was what actually scored the touchdown, I believe. So the fact that you went away from that, it just makes it makes me sick, and I was happy to see him lose. You know, they're not using Dak the right way at all whatsoever. The RPO is when Dak and the Cowboys are at their best, Absolutely. particularly when they can establish the run with Elliott and run behind that stout offensive line. Dak's a top-half quarterback when you just let him play the way he should. He's not a pocket passer. Even if you let him throw the ball 50 times in that game, he would have still been fine because of the cushion that the defensive backs were giving Cooper, Gallup, even even the tight end and Cole Beasley. Like in the slot, Cole Beasley runs a four-yard slant. That's an eight-yard catch. That's an eight-yard catch and it's second and two instead of second and nine, second and 11 because he's getting stopped on a run. They're treating him like he's Tom Brady, and he's not. No, he's that's, not. That's not the type of player he is. And it was just a completely horribly called game. This was the opposite from the Seahawks game. They were aggressive play calling in the Seahawks game, and they looked like they were ready to take control of that game. And it seemed like really from after that first touchdown, Will, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but my analysis was watching that game, Tom, you too. I looked at it and said they played that game not to lose, not to go out and win. Absolutely. And, you know, Everything worked well from week what nine on because they let da- they let Dak Prescott do what he could and they they relied on their defense. This game, I mean, they left it all on the defense. Defense didn't play great, but you know everybody's saying, "Oh, the Cowboys live and die by their defense." And I actually texted you that well that day. But the more I think about it, that's not the case. They just didn't have an offensive game plan clearly. Yeah, and I have a lot of friends that are Cowboys fans, and they're like, "Oh, we can't win with Dak." A lot of losers. <laughs> Sorry, I'm sorry. It's sensitive time, Tom. Sensitive I know, time. I know. This is a but therapy I, I a session, of, and I'm sorry. I have a lot of friends that are Cowboys fans. It's like, we're never going to win with Dak. And Dak Prescott is not the problem. He's not the problem. All the, the play calling for Dak Can Prescott. Can I ask you a question, though? Yeah. And this isn't to cut you off. But I agree with you that Dak, if given the right play calling and the right system, he's he's a successful quarterback in this league. Are you talking yourself into him because you know that the Cowboys are on the verge of extending him and making him their franchise guy? Or do you really believe that he has the tools to win the game on his own? No, I believe he has the tools to win the game on his own. You look at that Philly game. You look at that Philly game where, I mean, obviously the Philly defense is banged up. They got through for 450 yards and four touchdowns. It wasn't like... He yeah, had, he beat the Giants yeah, single-handedly. He, well, it's the Giants. Understandably, but, but still, at the time, the did. Eagles were horrible. Yeah, exactly, and yeah. he beat those teams single-handedly, threw the ball 45, 50 times, threw for over 300, 400 yards, and lit it up with touchdowns. And, you know, what I don't see a lot is... He never rolls out unless he's in under pressure. It's never a designed rollout, maybe once, twice a game. But you should do that all the time. Either dump it down for eight yards or run for six yards on first down instead of running up the middle with Ezekiel Elliott, and it's a two-yard game. Now you're in second and long. Now they're playing coverage, and it's incomplete, and it's third and, de- third and long, and now you're off the field on going three and out. Dallas must have led the league for a team that made the playoffs in three and outs. They had to. Yeah, it's, it's tough stuff just to see. I mean, you got to blame the coaching staff, and you're blaming who? Linehan? I don't Scott know. Linehan, yeah. The offense coordinator. Yeah. I mean, but you got to put it on the head coach's shoulders as well. Like, the, this, you guys went completely away from everything that was the reason why you were there. After and week it just nine, they, because it seems this like Rams they, team they turned could be a page. Had. Yeah. This Rams team has not looked good since, I'd say, probably the Kansas City game. And it won't surprise agree. me if the Saints win by two to three touchdowns on Sunday. I don't know what's going on anymore. I was completely wrong on my picks. But you're right, and I'm leaning towards that as well because this Rams team's a different team on the road. But that Cowboys game 
was just a reflection of bad coaching. Well, let's change the pace a little bit. Okay, so we we diagnosed the Cowboys' issues. Let's switch over to the Rams now. So they got a reinvigorated and seemed like rested C.J. Anderson, who's been a fantastic secondary back to Todd Gurley, who when you give him 15 carries a a game instead of 25, it really shows his true value. He's phenomenal. And And that offensive line just took control of that game over the Dallas defensive line. The holes that Anderson and Gurley had to run through were were truly gaping. And and you look at that situation and say, if they just play like that and Goff can make enough passes, I'm telling you, based off of how the Saints looked against the Eagles, who had an incredibly depleted secondary, Will, you referred to that game that Dak torched them for 450 yards. Clearly, Maddox and a lot of those secondary players for the Eagles really came up short, both against the Bears, they just figured it out too late, and then definitely against the Saints in the second half. So where do we look at now as far as the Rams and say, what did they do right in this game, and how does that carry over on into the Superdome where they'll be playing on Sunday at 340? One of the things that benefits the Rams big is they might be the only team in football that their whole offensive line has played together since week one. And they have a couple of good players. Like Whitworth is obviously older, but he's one of the better left tackles in football. But when you play together every week with no injuries, you're going to be a good offensive Continuity line. on the offensive line is one of the most critical and most important factors of a championship team. Yeah, and, no during, doubt about and it. during that game, you know, one of the big things that the Dallas defense kind of got shit on for, deservedly so, is that Jared Goff had years to just throw the ball wherever he wanted, and they had complete control of that game for, for a majority of it. And it felt a lot closer than, than it really was, but... I don't know if that's more of a credit to the offensive line of the Los Angeles Rams or a detriment to the defensive line of the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, you watch the game probably more with your heart into it and probably more thoroughly than Sean and I put together. How do you feel about that? Was that more on well, the we Cowboys? We were able to watch it more objectively. Yeah, yeah, I, I looked at absolutely. it as not just the – I think it was a combination of both because – you know, they ran a lot of play action, and that's where Goff had all that time to throw. Because even Well, Goff is one of the best quarterbacks in the league when it's off play action Exactly. Well. But also, you look at it, and the defensive linemen were, like, moving to think it was going to be a run. Like, they weren't trying to bull rush and get that pressure on Goff. They're like, oh, they're going to be a run to the left here, and then it's a play action, and now there's no pressure because you're getting double teamed on the line. Well, there's also a rumor that they knew exactly what the play was going to be. For the for the uh, Cowboys defense yeah, as well, yeah, uh, simple tendencies that give away certain things. All NFL teams do that, so I don't know if that was a huge factor, but yep, you're right. I, I just think, listen, on both sides of the ball, the Cowboys got outcoached and they clearly got outplayed. What else can you really say? Yeah, the I mean, Cowboys... it's, an, it's an eight point loss. I think it. I think the Rams could have won that game by 21, 22. But at the end of the day, the Cowboys' defense is good enough to keep them in check, but when the Rams needed a big play and a, and a big conversion on first down, they seem to always have gotten it. McVay really did show his true colors, and honestly, this was a game where a lot of pressure was on McVay. You know, he had a lot of his assistants and a lot of guys that even just had a cup of coffee with him getting head coaching, not only interviews, but jobs during the, during the week, and, you know, his system seems to cultivate success and a lot of promise across the league so he had to have a big showing and I looked at McVay and he won this game that play called golf to get that first down nobody saw that coming it was a bootleg where it seemed like he had the option to throw but it was a run all the way golf said it in the post game that's not a play that you expect as a defense on what was that third and six third and seven 
and he won the game. And in addition, you know that that touch, that final touchdown that they scored. That that's a McVeigh win, and it seems as though for at least another week that his brilliance has been validated. And you look at that play, and you watch it from both angles. If he ran it, it's a first down. If he threw it to Robert Woods, he was wide open anyway for a first down. So it was a win-win for them. Just- it was a beautiful play call. At that time, it was something that they hadn't shown all game, and I give them a lot of credit. I give McVay a lot of credit, and no offense, Will, but the better team advanced in this game. I mean, they had the home field, um, and that was something that, it, you know, Vegas had Cowboys – what was that? They were they were minus seven at the minus seven, at, at heading yep. into that game. So they they looked at the Rams and said, "Yeah, you're a full touchdown and extra point better, especially given the home game." And there you go. So and that's where a week off uh, benefits that team because Todd Gurley got to yeah. And you know Marshall. what's funny? And he wasn't is, even used that much to be honest. It's funny because Tom and I have been on the pod and we've discussed it at length. They had not looked like themselves really since Tom alluded to it the Chiefs game. But with that extra week, with C.J. Anderson having his third game and his fourth week acculturated to that offense and being able to help up Gurley, it seemed like that offensive line who had played together all year, they were able to get their you know bumps and bruises taken care of. They were able to run the ball down the Cowboys' throat, which a lot of teams, especially in the second half of the season, were not able yep. to do. And Goff made the plays when they needed, and McVay showed his brilliance as far as play calling. I cannot wait for Sunday. I think that matchup between McVeigh and Peyton is going to be fantastic. Absolutely. So let's transition into the Sunday. And you talk, you talk Just about um, you talk about um, Russ versus Russ, and I don't even think there's a conversation. In the regular season, you got to be shooting for that one and two seed. Clearly, it's been proven over the past few years. Well, over the past past few years, for sure, man, and and especially you know, one and this two year seeds in the finals and, and last the year, yeah, while. Stop yourself. You're embarrassing yourself and your family. Now, what we're going to do is transition into the second NFC game. And that was the second NFC East team. Amazingly, for a division that was so bad, both teams were playing come divisional weekend after winning wildcard weekend games. Eat your heart out, Giants fans. Just relax, please. But they're both done now. I don't have to watch them ever again, at least in the 2018-19 season. Foles' magic is done. The looked like he was going to have a little magic Eagles, in the first half. Yes, fell short to the New Orleans Saints in the Superdome as their last second drive came up just a bit empty after an Alshon Jeffrey you feel drop. Bad for Alshon, though. You oh, it's terrible, especially one. after that game that he had against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. And that's Bowl. not a guy who makes a lot of drops. You and it's know? a guy it's that just... is quiet, doesn't talk trash and play shows how he plays on he's the got some of the best hands in the league and and we've seen that over the course of the last few years but this one went right through his hands Foles was ready to drive them again you could see it it was ready yep. to happen they hey. were going to take the one point lead with you know 25 that's seconds football left. for you listen it's one play and it costs them the game hey, they were on the, the other end of it the week before with the parky missed field goal they got lucky and and this week you know the luck turned up the saints way and not theirs and their fairy tale story came to an end uh, in divisional weekend. What did you guys take away from this game? It was such an exciting game. The the Eagles had a way to play the two best playoff games that we've seen of this postseason so far. Saints came out a little flat. Yeah, there's, a, there's a case for the Russ there, but they definitely shook it off. The other thing I took away from this one was that I know we said DeAndre Hopkins was the best wide receiver in football. I don't know, man. Get Michael Thomas. That guy is unbelievable at getting separation. Michael Thomas. He had 12 catches. They call him can't guard Mike, and there's a fucking reason for that because 
he had 127 yards, two touchdowns, basically scored almost all their points in that game. The guy's unguardable. And he's, we know that he's unguardable every game. But it didn't he's matter. unguardable every game. And yep. he's going to shred the Rams. And next kudos week. to Sean Peters in that and, offense. Um, Cam feeding him the ball and giving him the opportunity to show his brilliance. A lot of guys we've seen a couple times against bad defense. Look at look at how long it took the Bears and Trubisky to figure out that that defense, especially Maddox at corner, were not cut out to being able to guard guys one on one. It it took a quarter. But the Saints went right to it and took advantage. Long drives, dominated the clock in time of possession, and they were able to just completely demoralize and fatigue a Philadelphia defense that was not meant to be out on the field that long. This game to me, sorry to sorry to interrupt there, Will, this game to me is a prime example of why I think the Saints are going to go to the Super Bowl and why I was right all along, all along as per usual. Um, How'd your Chargers do? Okay, bro. I'm still alive. Still alive with my Super Bowl champs. So am I. And my MVP pick. By the way, how's yours doing, Kirk Cousins? Doesn't matter. Um, but this is why. Because the offense came out flat, and the defense is what made up for it. And this is a complete team. This is the most complete team that I think the NFL has right now. Top to bottom. Their special teams is really good. Their defense is not dominant. We're not talking about the Bears here. But this team is by far the most complete team. And I just don't think that there's going to be anybody that can really stop them when it comes to all three facets of the game. I don't know how you guys feel. But if you want to tell me I'm smart, you can just come out and say it. I'm not going to do that. I wasn't going to say that either. But they have that bend but don't break defense. Hold them to three, and then our team's going to go down and score a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how they played all year. Um Looking, though, at the Rams, that game was a shootout at the Superdome. I believe that was week 12 or 13. Yeah, but the new, the Saints won by 10. You don't I remember that? I understand that, but, I, but the Rams scored plenty of points to win that game. Hey, but the Saints and they had a lot of them. injuries in the secondary and on the defensive line at the time. So Goff is also missing his favorite target in Cooper Cup now that he had in week 12. Agreed, but... I look at them and I say, why can't why can't they take care of business in that game? If if the Saints only score twenty points, the Rams are going to win this game, in my opinion. Now I do like the Saints at home. How could you not? I like the Eagles to cover that massive eight point spread last week, but I did believe that the Saints were going to win that game, which they did. But how can you not like the Rams' chances? They've been rested. They clearly showed they have a crazy running game against a very good, sorry, well, defensive front in the Dallas Cowboys. I understand that they're depleted in other ways, but their defense, you can't shit on them. They're very, very good. The Rams took full advantage of that. Golf looked really good and proficient in short down possessions and, and short down completions. Why wouldn't you say that the Rams have a chance when they lost by 10 but scored plenty of points? I, you'd have to pull up the final score of that game. I think it was like 45-35 yep. or 48-38, something like that. The Rams scored plenty of points. That was a touchdown-for-touchdown game. It was like watching a college football game. But also, and just so you know, do your thing and play devil's advocate, the Saints' defense wasn't nearly as well-rounded and as played into form as they are right now. Agreed, but that was, kind of, that was the game right after that. They went and lost to Dallas. So the Rams had a plenty of depletions in that game too. Well, I don't know what your take on this is, but to be honest with you, I'm not looking at the Saints and saying they are a remarkably better team than what the Rams are. Uh, I like the Saints Even at lot. home. I like the, to be honest with you, I like the Saints a lot in that game, and they're going to win by a lot. 
Because I no. want okay. the Saints. Yes. Spreads spreads eight and a half. What are you thinking? They we'll talk what? about this later. Easily cover. Easily cover that. They win by That's ten. eight and a half. Eight and a yeah. half. Wow. In the NFC Championship game, it's eight and a half. They're going to cover that. Starling. Wow. Okay. Because I, I watched, you know, as a fan. They didn't even cover the eight against Philly. That's true. That's but true. they came out flat. They came I don't out think flat. they're, they're going to come, come out, out flat, flat this week. I, I'm not going. Listen, I'm probably. What are the Rams in doing this two? game though? That that showed you that they're not that they're not capable of keeping this game without within eight and a half. Points. I just think the Saints are a hell of a lot better, and I know they got beat by the Cowboys. But at this point, right now, when we're talking, and next Sunday, I think they're a hell of a lot better team than the Cowboys, especially at home, and they're going to figure out how to pick on the Rams' weaknesses. I agree with that. I, agree with that. I bet you, you can bet a billion dollars that Todd Gurley is not. I mean, um, what's his face? C.J. Anderson is not rushing for. That wasn't getting a name wrong. Don't he that doesn't, wasn't say, he doesn't need to rush. He doesn't need to rush for the 125 or whatever he did. He just has to be a good change of pace back, which is what he's proven he has been. Albeit against some bad teams and then the Cowboys, but listen. This team's not going to be afraid of going into the Superdome and winning. Now, we'll predict our games later and make our picks. Obviously, everybody listening can choose which way all three of us lean. I'm going to say one more thing. Go for it. Jared Goff and this Rams team have never gone on the road in the playoffs. They lost a home game last year. Yeah, to Atlanta. To Atlanta. And they won a home game this year. Okay. Never seen them win in the playoffs. They haven't had a chance yet. I I also and they don't have to win. They have to. For me, they have to cover an eight and a half point spread. No, that's yeah. crazy. They're not going to. All right, well, it's getting bold. Sean's getting bold. Why don't we talk about this when we get into We'll take care of this later. All right, anyway, there's our NFC takes. Let's move on over to the AFC, the American Football Conference. And the Kansas City Chiefs, in the first game of this divisional weekend, bludgeoned the Indianapolis Colts. Now, Tom and I both got this game wrong. This was the only game that I got wrong for the weekend. And we went simpatico on this. And the Colts didn't either, A, decide to show up, or B, the Chiefs just played one of their best games of the year because this was a route, 31-13, and it honestly, even in an eight, in a, in an 18-point game, it wasn't even that close. I, l- I looked at it as they didn't let Andrew Luck play the game. Marlon Mack had six carries for nine yards at one point midway through the second quarter, and they kept handing the ball for a minus one gain or one-yard gain. Let, let Andrew Luck sling it. That obviously that he shoulder couldn't. is fine. He I couldn't in that game. I'd rather have it on Andrew Luck's shoulders than giving the ball to Marlon Mack on third and fourth. Well, eventually they did, and, and he was throwing pick and and duck after duck. I mean, he clearly, he clearly that shoulder showed, didn't look too hot. It didn't look good in the cold. This game yeah. was played in the snow. It was about twenty five degrees in Kansas City outdoors, and he didn't look the same, man. I mean, whether the running game was non existent or not, when when they did put it on his shoulders or that aching shoulder, if you will. It really he, – he wasn't able to do it. Well, also, it could have been, oh, it's too late at this point. We're already down. 14. It wasn't that late, man. I mean, the, the 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 defense, first of all, which a lot of people predicted that defensive line, Tom and I included, predicted that defensive front was going to be able to get into the face of that running game and be able to disrupt Mahomes a little bit. That was not the case even in the slightest. The The Chiefs had a field Honestly, day on, man, the fee- on the running game and also in the passing game. That looked like a team that plays at least – what at least eight games a year in a dome, not ready to play in that weather. Well, they also play in the south, so either they're not playing in the cold when they play they're, outside. They're exactly my point. I don't think they were ready to play in the cold weather, and I know all the statistics don't back this up. But I think that combined with Andrew Luck's surgically repaired shoulder, that didn't help either. And that offensive line couldn't do dick either. No, if there's one it good was thing, awful, and they fired their offensive line coach. There's after one this good game. thing about the KC Chiefs: they can get a little bit of pressure on the quarterback. But this was strength on strength. The the Colts had one of the best offensive lines in football this year, probably the best. 
And they look like towards dog the second shit. half of the season after they were one and five. They yeah. look like absolute dog shit against the Kansas City Chiefs. And they the Colts couldn't do anything, and me and you were both really wrong on that one. Terribly wrong. I was really wrong everywhere. But you were. You you made it you made a disgrace of yourself, but in this game it was really bad. I mean, both of us got Only this gotta one go wrong. On and four and zero on this pod. That's okay. Five you also went zero and four again. So that doesn't guys. count, and nobody wants to hear it. So what happened in this game, though? Let's break this down, right? So the defensive line got no pressure at all. The secondary couldn't cover anyone. The the Chiefs were able to run all over them with their made up running back court. They were also able to pass all over the place, including Mahomes, who was able to get enough time to run for a touchdown. The Colts were horrible in all facets of the game. They had no pressure defensively, couldn't cover anybody defensively, on the offensive side of the ball could never establish a running game. And whenever Luck had to throw, he couldn't do it. And it wasn't that it was way too late. He just never was able to get a rhythm going. And when you're not able to get a rhythm going and the other team's able to sit back and take advantage of that, no separation from the wide receivers – this was a Chiefs game all the way, and Andy for the Reed, first time, they were able to manifest a little bit of a home field advantage. Andy Reid did not have to make any big play calls when time management came into it, and I don't really know what else we have to say about and this then, game. Uh, Clearly, the Chiefs were a better team. The Chiefs were a better team, and if you're the New England Patriots, you're scared because Mahomes, is this is his first full year, and he looked like a veteran quarterback. He looked fantastic. He didn't do anything wrong and made enough plays to win the game. He looked fantastic, and honestly, I don't know if it was more great Chiefs or really horrible Colts. It doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, in the postseason, the Chiefs are advancing. They won their first postseason game since January of 1994 when Joe Montana was quarterbacking the Chiefs in his second run, and... You know, they're going to get to host a home field AFC championship game. Jesus Christ. Yeah, man. I guess that one seed is pretty important. But let's move on to the next game. God damn it. This one was tough for me. San Angeles Chargers. They got blown out of the gym. And for all those doubters out there, and they come out of the woodwork almost every year since probably what? I don't know, the second time the Patriots lost to the Giants. And I've been guilty of it too. I've been guilty of it too this year. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are still pretty fucking good at football. And I would agree. <laughs> if Tom Brady looked like he was playing and he's 29 years old. Tom Brady looked like he woke up and said, it's time now. I'm done pussyfooting around. I'm done overthrowing Chris Hogan in a Miami Dolphins game by 10 yards. And he was, looked like a fucking surgeon. He made there. every throw. Here's every the, throw. Here's the thing that I took away from that game. Tom, you and I analyzed that game heading into it a week ago, exactly seven days ago, right? And we said... Man, the Chargers defensive front, they're going to create so much of a pass no rush. They're going to no they're going to cause havoc against Brady. It, they didn't have a chance to. They were able to open up a running game when they thought Brady was going to sit back and try to dissect them. They opened up a running game. Michelle, two touchdowns in the first quarter. James White had a day. And those quick screen passes, wide receiver screens to White when he op- when he lined up outside to Edelman to Hogan able to establish the play action. Yep. And they were why... able to get full advantage. The offensive line played about as well as you can, but it was because they were able to get rid of the ball within yes. two seconds almost and that's every why, play. And that's why Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time because he said, we can't compete with this secondary. We don't have any plus guys now that Gronk's on the back end. Both and Adam had it down here. non-factors. And he said... These guys are going to get pressure on Brady if he has to sit in the pocket. So we're going to get rid of the ball quick. And that's exactly what they did. Tom Brady is at his best. And I've said this stat before. He has by far, by like 
30 to 40% the highest completion percentage when he gets rid of the ball in less than two seconds. And he did that all fucking game. Yep. He didn't give the corners time to jam anybody, and he didn't give Bosa or Ingram any time to get to him. Nope. And that game, that game was an incredible showing for Brady and an incredible showing for Belichick, and I should have fucking known all along. And it wouldn't surprise me if James White, James White has 12 receptions on Sunday. No, it wouldn't surprise me either. Not at all. And no. honestly, too, like looking at this, the New England Patriots secondary, you can shit on their defensive line as they don't create a lot of pressure. And their linebacking core is iffy, too. But their secondary is really, really good. And Rivers really never had options to throw the ball. He didn't have a lot of guys were able to cover him, which allowed him to have to scramble. And then the New England Patriots were able to get and that's ca- what, take advantage of breakdowns and sack him or and cause him to rush to passes. The, the San D'Angelo's Chargers and Lynn should have listened to me on this podcast because I said if the Patriots have one strength. It's their secondary. What do you, you have Austin Eckler, who's one of the best change of pace backs in the league, and Melvin Gordon, who's one of the best three-down backs Melvin in the league. Melvin Gordon did look like he was hurting a little bit, though. He did, game. but you know what? Then bring in Justin Jackson, who, who was electric. They didn't have an option, ago. dude. At but that, no, but it was over within the first 10 minutes of that game. Well, they come back down and score a touchdown right after That's the Patriots. That's why I said 10. Don't, don't defer. But the reason why it was over was because they kept just letting Phil Rivers go out there and gunsling it. Why are you not throwing the ball short? The Patriots linebackers cannot move laterally. And what I'm getting on my San Diego Chargers. What did I tell you? Anthony Lynn having to make a decision or the kicking game of the Chargers were going to come out empty. And that's exactly what happened. This time it was the head coaching. Didn't have a game plan to match But how can I see Belichick. this from my couch? How do I see this stuff from my you couch? You should have known based off the Chargers. I should have known. believe in Anthony Lynn or not? I'm going to believe in Bill Belichick at home where they've now won 16. Kid gets one game right. 16 consecutive game right playoff well. games. They've won 16 consecutive home playoff games. What do you want? <laughs> no, you're right. You're absolutely right. And I should have known better. I just thought the talent was far outweighed by the Chargers. And you're they would actually not wrong. come with a game plan. It's like in the late 1990s when you're picking against the Yankees to win in Yankee Stadium. It's not going to happen. Absolutely. So, I mean, we don't really have to say much else about that game. That was by far the biggest blowout of them all. Yeah, so there's our AFC and NFC, so it sets up a championship weekend, gentlemen, heading into Sunday. The early game will be the NFC game. So glad the Cowboys aren't playing. <laughs> the Rams will be visiting the Saints in the Superdome. I look forward to this every year when the and Cowboys And then at lose. 640, roughly p.m., the New England Patriots will be heading into Arrowhead where the Chiefs will look to make the Super Bowl for the first time since 1971, I believe. Wow. And then the uh, New England Patriots will be looking to make it for the first time since last year. Yep. So uh, it's going to be what very- I call You know what I call when the Cowboys <laughs> lose in the playoffs every single year? Beautiful. Second Christmas. There you go. You're a bad guy. <laughs> it's it's a great it. time of the year. All right, guys, guy. let's touch on some league news. So a little bit has come out since we last discussed. Tom and I did last Wednesday. Most of the head coaching decisions were made. Six of the eight were covered last week. The next two have not been able to be made official to this point, but it seems like the names have been decided upon. Brian Flores, who accepted the job at Miami University, to uh, or University of Miami, I should say, to take over as the head football coach down in South Beach, rescinded that and decided to take the job as reportedly with the Miami Dolphins. It seems like they're going to go into a rebuild. Who knows what they're going to do at quarterback with Ryan Tannehill in the last year of his deal. Maybe they'll they have trade. a I don't lot know. Trade of up in the draft. issues. Nick but Foles. Big Dick Nick. Somebody needs Nick Foles. Yeah, somebody does. And I think it's going to be a Florida team. We'll see who that is. 
But what do you guys think of uh, of Brian Flores taking the job to be the Miami Dolphins' next head coach? You look at all these head coaches that have been hired. Um, they're all young. They're all young guys outside of, what is Adam Gase in his 40s maybe? Don't talk about him on this pod. Sorry. Your robot? Yeah, my robot, my, my coked-out robot. I don't really know. I mean, good for him. He probably bought a house in Miami. He doesn't have to move. That's great. But it, it, you look at it. Play in the same stadium. That's nice. That's nice, you too. You also look same at this, but they hire all these young guys who are offensive coordinators or defensive coordinators. Coordinators, it looks like they everybody just wants to be Tom's father and Sean McVay. You know, you have this young coach in here with these young guys, and they respect them. You got to be innovative. If you're, it's not anymore where the coach is seventy years old, like Pete Carroll, and they get the head coaching job, and they're Parcells there forever. Or something. Parcells. No. It's the new age of young. You coaches. want the next innovative guy, and you also want the guy who's been in the college ranks. If you're not able to get a proven NFL success Hence why story, Cliff Kingsbury is coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Exactly, man. And that's the way that they're going to go right now. They're going to look at the hot name in col- in the college ranks and and try to get that recruiting, quote unquote level up to the NFL the second uh and the eighth final head coaching vacancy that was filled reportedly it can't be made official until the Rams have left the postseason Sean McVay right here Zach Taylor Sean McVay he's a Sean McVay guy he is the Los Angeles Rams quarterback coach apparently he has been signed by the Cincinnati Bengals and all I can say to Bengals fans is at least it's not Hugh Jackson that is true. Before you know it, they're going to be hiring the janitors that work for the L.A. Rams just because Sean McVay shook his hand once. It's getting ridiculous Probably. at this point. It's like if you work for Warren Buffett, you can run any Fortune 500, any anything. You can run any firm in the, in the country. But, I, I mean, you put your name next to a guy. I don't know what this guy has. He's never even been an offensive coordinator. I think we need a Sean Rowe article about the the move to the to these young coaches in the NFL. As I'm happy to, the to do it. Guys. I mean, but w- let's look at it. I'm right? putting my. You know what? There's one. The there's podcasts one. are hats off. CEO cap placed oh, on. God. Sean, no I need CEO. an article. I need there's an no article. CEO. I'm you know, a CEO you have of this. Two, you have a couple working fingers and you also have a brain, maybe, and maybe you could write something because I've been pulling the weight there. But n- neither neither here nor oh, there. Oh, the oh. point is, is that. When you look up and down the league, they want guys who are going to be the next innovative mind and they're going to bring a brand new mentality to their organization. These old guys, unless they've had success, aren't going to do that. And you look up and down the league and say, Zach Taylor, okay, fine. We don't really know what he is. All we know is that under Sean McVay, Jared Goff has gotten very good. Has he had an, off- an offensive line to work with? Hell yeah. Well, he's maybe, had Todd Gurley, and he's had some of the best wide receivers and maybe tight ends that's why. Maybe that's why you see Mike McCarthy taking a couple years off. And there's two names Why wouldn't there? you? If, if, if you're not getting opportunities, we'll go in, in, in one second, it if they haven't had the opportunities and they're being flushed out with all these new head coaches from the college ranks or or coordinators that have had you know a cup of coffee with a really successful young head coach, they're going to get it. Will, what do you think about this? Because this is pretty interesting with what's going on right now. I, I, I like it as a football fan, not just as a Cowboys fan. You have these young guys who have these high-octane offenses in college or they have these high-octane offenses in pro the way, you know, we have the spread offense now. It's not it's no longer run, uh, ground and pound. Uh, like I was saying before, there's two names out there that I'm surprised are still where they are or not in the NFL is Lincoln Riley of Oklahoma, which I'm still praying every day that they fire Linehan and that becomes our offensive coordinator. And then also Dallas's defensive backs coach, Chris Richard, who, uh, who was the D coordinator of that Legion of Boom when Seattle went to two Super Bowls, is still a defensive backs coach for Dallas. 
I don't know why. I'm a big Rashard fan. I I think that he definitely deserves a little bit more attention across think, the ranks of the NFL. I think the Kingsbury the Kingsbury hiring says it more than anything else. The guy got fired from I guess the definition of a mid major college football program, and got promoted twice. Yeah, when you look but at the it, thing, who did he coach? Who did he coach? That? But see, that's the thing, dude. You don't coach Baker Mayfield in, and cut him. In college yeah. football, but he also coached Mahomes. Mahomes, I guess. Well, but he was also more, Mayfield was hurt, is and that that's all, why he left because Mahomes stepped in and took his job, but and again, he knew he wasn't going to get. I'm going to go back to the whole thing. It's not like he recruited Baker and found this guy. The guy walked on. It doesn't matter. The point is, is that he he touched him once. He saw something, and well, Sean easy McVay how will. you use that <laughs> expression. <laughs> but true, true. He, he, yeah, let's let's not let's not make any false accusations here on the podcast. We're we're trying to make friends. Oh, no, 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 no. Cliff Kingsbury as CEO of you're Sorry not the Sports. CEO. You need to stop proclaiming I'm gonna, that. I'm gonna just say you're invited on anytime. Yeah, I he absolutely is. I'm Can giving you the CEO's Fly out from Arizona. We'll give him the Sorry Sports private jet, and you'll be able to come on whenever it's my you want. Jet. It's not your private jet. You could be COO. What's gonna happen is stop yourself. What's gonna happen is. Is you're looking at these head coaches, right? Now, Cliff Kingsbury, it's not about wins or losses in college. It's about how are you innovating the sport? Because more so now than ever, the college game is transitioning into the pro game, and the pro game is adopting what's coming out of college. The spread options, the different, more exotic looks from quarterbacks, offenses, and the like. Winning or losing in the Big 12 when you have Oklahoma dominating every year is really secondary. It's You've had now Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfield, the number one pick in the draft, and the guy who's probably winning the MVP this year. And will be picked by the Giants. Kyler Murray? Yeah. He never had him. Oh, no, you're right. (laughs) But he was in the Big 12. You're right. So what I'm saying, though, is that if you're a if you're if you're a head coach that had those guys and was able to reinvent an offense, remember the Big Twelve is the offensive conference, right there, kind of with the Pac twelve. You're going to score a fuck ton of points. Are you innovating the game? That's what guys in the in the NFL ranks are looking for. They're not really they're not really concerned with wins or losses. Look at Campbell from Iowa State. That guy was getting all the looks heading into the season. Now he's going to stay, but. He was a hot name on the ballot ahead September, October for an Ohio State job if, if and when Urban Meyer left. Now Ryan Day got the job. Or if he decided to go to the NFL, there was going to be a lot of room for him. That's how the NFL is looking now. They don't really give a shit whether you're winning or losing in college. Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney own the freaking college football world. It's how are you developing quarterbacks what innovative mind mentality can you bring to the our league? Because that's the way a lot of the GMs are adopting their teams, and that's what we're looking for. Six and twelve, seven and twelve. Who gives a shit? What are you doing to bring more innovative mentality to our league? That's what NFL scouts are looking for. That's what GMs and front offices are looking for. Guys, what do you think? And Nick Saban probably produces some of the best defensive players that are in the NFL today. There's not a doubt about Quarterbacks, it. Quarterbacks, not so much, but defensive players. Well, he, yeah, I mean, up until Tua, he has not really prioritized that position. Don't attend, Sean. That's his, you know, Tua's his baby. Come on. Yeah. You know I love Tua. He's got his Tua PJs on under that. He's going to go home. What about uh, ex-New York Jet great Greg McElroy? Is that his name? Yeah, again, he was never a top, top-tier top quarterback, and McCarron's never been given the chance, but he wasn't a top-tier quarterback either. Up until Tua came, that was a team that was 
built on offensive line, running game, and defense. But I'm talking about offense. The Big 12 yeah, is where that comes over from. Last week, Will. Stop bringing it up. Big 12 is where that comes from, though. So if you're looking at the college coaches that are getting looks and being double promoted, Tom, there's your answer, bud. It's not based off winter losses. No, you're right. It wasn't even the wins and losses. It was more just the fact that he got fired and he got double promoted. So do you it think had nothing to do with the wins and losses. It's just the fact that Texas Tech not did not optic. see this guy as didn't see this guy as somebody that they needed to hold on to as he was the next. But the thing NFL that you would call is special. looking at the bigger picture. They don't give a shit about wins or losses. No, you're right, and I know that, and I'm aware of that. But listen, we, we've talked this to that. Uh, so my question, last question on this, is to the both of you: Is there any more firings that go on? After the Super Bowl, after this week, that other coaches like a Lincoln Riley or a Chris or Sharp. None get. of those guys are leaving yet. Uh, if anything, um, you know they they might they might move laterally to other other coaching jobs. You know to other OC or DC jobs, not head coaching jobs. It seems like all eight are now going to be filled if Flores and Taylor sign their deals um, within the next week or whenever the Rams lose or win. Um, so it doesn't appear so, but. You know, Lincoln Riley's gonna have his—he's gonna have his pick if if he wants. Remember, John Harbaugh didn't end up leaving Baltimore, and he's gonna be the first guy on the list of any team next year that's looking for a head coach. And then you're gonna move on down the line if Lincoln Riley, who just got Jalen Hurts today—I don't know if you guys saw that—it yeah. um, yep, so. it has a great year and produces Jalen Hurts into a top-tier quarterback. Wow. I mean, he's really going to have an opportunity at whatever job he wants that's open. So we'll we'll see about that. Um, moving on down to championship weekend, guys. We have our two games. We have our NFC championship game of Rams at Saints. And then our AFC championship game of Patriots at Chiefs. Let's go predictions. Let's go with picks. And let's go with analysis. What do you boys see in these two games that really raise your eyebrows? And who do you see coming out of these to represent the Super Bowl? All right. So I guess I'll lead us off. So just to recap our picks from last week, I went 0 4. All right, guys. It was a tough week. It was a tough week all around. And I apologize for that as CEO of SorrySports.com. You really need to stop saying that. And you continue to lose. And, and make a mockery of yourself and our brand. So you're I'm 0 and CEO, 4. Everyone. You're Come 0 and 4. I was 0 and 4. Sean went 3 and 1. Good job by you. The only one you got wrong was the Colts. Yep. Got everything else Didn't right. Didn't get off to a good start. No, so you know what you finished strong. You, since you beat him in this bet. We're not going we'll we'll get to that later. I still have to figure something out. And and people need to continue to tweet at us and email us and tell me tell us what do you want Tom to have to I've do? Been Will, do you have on social media and with the email and I'm sorry for whoever listens Will, do to you have us. any do you have any input on this? What do you want? I, I freezing uh, for a reason? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm thinking, you know, maybe a, a polar plunge. A nice polar plunge, maybe in a nice Giants bathing suit. You know, maybe he, you know, has right to now. That. That's our high bidder. I'll wear an Eli jersey for you. There you go. Right I now, right now, that's our high bidder. I will wear an Eli jersey while I do it. All right. Do you have? If you have a Manning jersey, I'm not buying one. That'd I have be crazy. One. I have one. Of course, I have one. Um, but all right. Right now, that's our week. high bidder. We'll do this after the Super Bowl. We'll figure it out. Let's Absolutely. enjoy the postseason until then. All right. So, zero and four for Tom. Three and one for Sean. Guys, you lead us off. Good so job, the winner. Thanks, bud. Um, all right, so first game we got on the docket is the NFC Championship game. We already mentioned this 
probably 20 minutes ago that the New Orleans Saints are at home in the Superdome. And I was wrong about the spread. I am sorry about that. That line did seem extremely the high. CEO continues because it was. not be able to read numbers or get As teams CEO right. of Sorry Sports, I apologize. So the line is actually the New Orleans Saints favored by three and a half against the LA Rams. A little more palatable of a line. I was going to say, there's no fucking way the NFC Championship game is no. an eight and a half point spread. And, and Will is still going to jump all over that because he sees them I winning still, by 14 points. I still think the Saints win by 10. Um, okay, so I am going to take the New Orleans Saints in this game because I think the Saints win by seven. I'm not going to go as crazy as Will, but give me the Saints in this game to cover. So I'll take the Saints as well, obviously, by 10 and to cover. Obviously. I'll do neither. Uh, I will absolutely take the uh, Los Angeles Rams okay. to cover. Um, don't know if they'll win. I'm not going to predict that. But definitely the three and a half. Give me the Rams. That game was super close back in November. And I like this uh, all the way to the end, dude. That game was so close. And it was a shootout. Uh, there was no was way. Call when you almost win? No, it's called losing. Yeah. It's called losing, but... Don't mean shit. What does matter is the fact that I'm pick, picking the Rams this week to uh, at least cover this game. We'll see who goes to the Super Bowl. All right, so let's move on to the second game. It's a little weird not having like 10 games in front of us. But I know. That's what happens. Kansas City Chiefs at home in freezing cold Kansas City. Minus three. So Vegas sees these teams as dead even against the New England Patriots. Give me uh, the fucking Patriots. Come on now. I'm not going to do no this twice. TB12 in New England, I will never pick against them in the playoffs. I should have never done the Giants. I should have done it last week. I've been humbled by Tom Brady a thousand times, and I was humbled again last week. Give me the New England Patriots. You guys are dicks because I have to pick the Patriots because they're my Super Bowl pick. And you, also, you were just screaming about of how course. you'll never go against them. So, of I mean, course. this is an obvious No, one. I was just really hoping that you guys were going to go Chiefs and I was going to be able to gain more ground on you. But that's not going to be the case. I, too, will take the New England Patriots to cover and also to win and advance to the Super Bowl. What is the Super Bowl 54 now? Wow. So, um, give Where me is the this New one played? Patriots. This one's going to be in Atlanta. Okay. The second year of the new stadium. They had Forgot the college football championship there last year. And uh, they'll host the Super Bowl this year. So give me the New England Patriots. Listen, last uh, the last time they played on the road in the AFC Championship game was at Denver. Actually, the last two times they played in the AFC Championship game away from Foxborough was in Denver, and they lost both times, 2013 and 2015. Peyton Manning's not quarterbacking this team. I love Pat Mahomes. I think Pat Mahomes is going to have a lot of chances to bring this talented team to the Super Bowl, but I don't trust Andy Reid. I do trust Bill Belichick. I know it's on the road. I don't feel as good as I would if it was in Foxborough, but I picked the Patriots at the beginning of the season to represent the AFC. Why would I deviate now? Let's go Pats. I'm not worried about the weather. Tom Brady's record in cold weather games It was like 18 degrees in in New England I'm not worried at all. And I mean, you ever see the tough ball game? Yeah, I, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not worried at all. I'll so it take could Belichick. Be Sean's Super Bowl pick against Tom's Super Bowl. It pick. could be. I think honestly, that's the reason why you take the Patriots, and that's the reason why you take the. Well, Saints that's why to you win. picked the Chargers last week, it's man. Absolutely, they your pick. You can't. You can't go against them. Of course, but I'm I would have taken the Vikings if they made the playoffs. I'm saying. I'm saying it's. Um, I'm saying it's Jesus. complete fate that both of our teams go to the Super Bowl. And we duke it out for to see who the better man is. Well, we're thoroughly looking forward to it. We know I'm the better man. And when Tom does his pol- polar plunge in my Eli Manning jersey, we'll really know that to be a fact. 
But um, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Will, are you are you doing all right? How was your therapy session before we go? Are you I feeling was, okay? I uh, was so happy that I had to relive it for the last hour. It was a real good time. Now, you did Thanks. you did jump at the opportunity to be on the pod. You, I you did, could I have did. Hit, You could have hidden I your dark hit. room all alone again. But I then put out the bat symbol. Yeah, he, he responded immediately. If I hid, then there's a family group text. I don't hear the end of it anyway. So yeah. by Tom. It's better to, to, show, it's better to show your face. No, you know what? And before we go, I'm going to give Will a lot of credit. Immediately after the final horn sounded on Whistle. the game. Fuck you. Let me talk. You know how the game is played? A CEO, <laughs> let me talk. Jesus. Will texted me and said, I'm okay. And you know what? A few years ago, a younger Will, he would have not picked up the phone after talking shit all year. And he texted me right away. I'm really proud of you, Will. It was a great that. year. You didn't expect to be there before not that Amari Cooper we trade. Five, I was like, oh, we're going to be 6 um, and 10. So listen, we'll be back next week with a preview of the... Um, of the Pro Bowl, of course. Probably got a three-hour podcast. Who's coaching that Pro Bowl? <laughs> Who's coaching it? Jason um, Garrett. And we'll be back on Monday. Hopefully, I'll have to bring my extra set of pants because the Manny Machado sweepstakes is reheating up. <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoy the pod. And Will's all right, guys. Have a great weekend, guys. Good night, guys.